Welcome to today's Sunday service in the week of prayer for Christian unity. This year, the service is led by the Shemanef community from Storrington Priory here in West Sussex. My name is Charles Hadley, and I'm an Anglican priest in the community. There will be contributions from different Shemanef members around England and from outside our community, from Paul Goodliffe, a Baptist minister, and who is General Secretary of Churches Together in England, who will preach the sermon. Shemanef means literally New Street. And the community was born at Lyon in France in 1973 in a charismatic prayer group. The leaders were strongly influenced by the spirituality of Ignatius of Loyola. Officially recognized, the Shemanef is a Roman Catholic community which welcomes non-Catholics as full members and is present in over 30 countries worldwide. In the UK, we have two retreat and formation houses at Storrington Priory here in West Sussex and Sclerda Abbey in Cornwall near Plymouth. We also have charge of the Catholic parish of Cockfosters in North London and we have a ministry of chaplaincy to the Archbishop of Canterbury and the St. Anselm community at Lambeth Palace. Our theme today is living with difference. What does it mean to live, work and pray on a daily basis with those who are very different from ourselves? How can we listen to, encourage and accept each other after the pattern of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ? We seek unity and wholeness for ourselves, our relationships between individuals and between nations, that in Christ we may all be one. In our community, men and women, lay and ordained, celibate, single and married, people of many races, live, work and pray together in mission some in community houses, some at home. Because we are so different, we become aware of the sufferings of division. But we're all committed to, by vow to work for peace, reconciliation and unity in the world and the church. Our longing is for the visible unity of Christ's church. So next, we share with you a part of our Office for Unity, which occurs every day in all our houses. You'll see two people, an Anglican married sister and a Catholic priest, bringing up a chalice for the wine of communion and a pattern for the bread, with Psalm 122 being sung in the background. But the chalice and pattern are empty. They express our longing to be visibly one as the church. Then our joy will overflow. I rejoice when I heard them say, let us go to God's house. And now our feet are standing within your gates of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city strongly compact. It is there that the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. For Israel's law it is, 
Christians of different denominations is, in my experience, much more challenging as well as rewarding than just talking about a desire for Christian unity. A few months before we joined the community, we were invited to go and live in a Chamanov house in France for a three-month period of prayer, Bible study and community life with about 40 others, mainly Catholics, but also with Lutheran and Evangelical Protestants. Living there alongside Christians with very different beliefs led to a powerful conversion for me. I arrived with the attitude that I thought all Christians should think like me and want Christian unity and should accept that differences between us were unimportant if we just believe in Jesus. What I found was that these people of different denominations were really sincere Christians, deeply spiritual, inspired by the Holy Spirit, many of them clearly closer to God than myself. The Lord showed me that glossing over differences as unimportant demonstrated a lack of respect for the beliefs of others, and that I needed to really listen to and try to understand these differences and respect them. And to my amazement, as I was challenged by this, I found that my own beliefs as an Anglican were made stronger at the same time as learning to respect 
the beliefs and practices of other Christians. It's a paradox, but I believe that the Lord was showing me that his wisdom is wider and allows for more difference than any of us can fully comprehend. Through this, I started to learn to love the Church, the body of Christ, not just my own little bit of it, but the whole body, including even those people or parts of the Church that I find most challenging or uncomfortable to get along with. Since I became a Christian, I've been drawn to the prayer of Jesus in John 17, that they may all be one. My Christian life began worshipping in an evangelical church. Early on, I felt that following Jesus was more important than which denomination I belonged to. And yet, living in the Shemunnerf community, I found very tough to begin with. I felt restricted by the prescribed form of the daily liturgy. Free expression of prayer and worship was there, but it was a small part of the regular services. I was right out of my comfort zone. Over time, I understood why the liturgy is as it is. I could respect it and learn to love it. Now we're in charge of Sclodor Abbey, a Catholic retreat house steeped in prayer. Congregations of Catholic sisters have been praying the monastic rhythm of prayer here daily since the mid-19th century. It's a real privilege as Anglicans to be living here and to continue this rhythm of prayer. We're welcoming individuals and groups of different denominations to the Abbey from all over the country and also serving the local Catholic community who celebrate Mass in the Abbey Church every week. Alan and I are fully immersed in parish services and events, helping them in every way we can. Even though we're not able to receive communion, we join with them and feel very much part of the parish community, brothers and sisters together. We also attend our own Anglican parish church and worship with them too, when we have the time. For me, it's not only a privilege, it's a real joy to be serving the Catholic community in this place, especially in the little things of everyday life. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the same name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you should be in agreement and that there should be no divisions among you but that you should be united in the same mind and to the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I meant is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptised in the name of Paul? This is the word of the Lord. My name is Joanna. I am a consecrated sister from Shamanev community. For three years I have been serving in the leadership of St. Anselm community, which is a community of young people invited by Archbishop of Canterbury to come to Lambeth Palace to experience community life. They are coming from different church backgrounds, Anglicans from high church and low church, 
Baptist, Lutheran, Brethren, Methodist, Pentecostal, Roman Catholic. I'm a Roman Catholic sister. And we are all learning what does it mean to have two ears and one mouth. What does it mean to really hear uh, one another? Because um, we experience this deep unity and, uh, and the joy of uh, praying, uh, working, eating, cooking together and, and being so many different people together. But yes, we are different from different backgrounds. And uh, I remember that each year, for example, we, we were trying to choose how to prepare ourselves for Easter. And then we are discovering that our background is so different that different things are important for us. For some people it was about fasting, for others it was about waking up during the night to pray more during the night, for others it was to give up on something, to make space in our heart. And um, we had to learn that there is not what is better, uh, there is what is different and we can talk about it. And, uh, and learn to hear one another and learn also to forgive and to ask for forgiveness when our words were not uh, really <laughs> loving enough. And uh, I hope that we all continue um, what we've learned uh, about listening in our differences and building unity in this way. Thank you. A reading from the Gospel according to John. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. 
I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friend if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servants do not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, my name is Paul Goodliffe and welcome to my home here in Bicester, a fast-growing market town in the north of Oxfordshire. I'm a member of the Baptist Church here in Bicester, Orchard Baptist Church, and it and all the other churches in town have good relationships with one another and work together well, including St Edburgh's, the ancient parish church in the centre of town. In this week of prayer for Christian unity, I'm glad to be able to have this opportunity to speak as I am General Secretary of Churches Together in England, the National Ecumenical Instrument. If we've learnt anything from this lockdown, it is how to stay safe and patient at home. How to abide, you might say. Jesus is walking from the upper room to Gethsemane and he and his disciples would have passed the temple as they did so and across the porch of the temple was the great golden vine saying to all of the world that Israel was God's true vine and Jesus as he passes it and speaks to his disciples says I am now the true vine. And if you want to be part of God's purposes now, you've got to stay connected to me. You've got to abide in me. And this theme of abiding in me is the one taken for this year's week of prayer for Christian unity. This insistence on staying put, of not moving far, is one of the great gifts that St Benedict of Nursia gave to not only the monastic church, but the whole of the Western church, writing in the mid-sixth century in a world in turmoil of his own. And in our footloose and mobile society, the emphasis upon trying something new, of going somewhere fresh, of moving on from the old and embracing the new, be that the next brand of mobile phone or upgrade or the next streamed box of television programs. But Jesus says that the true fulfilment, the source of true fulfilment and nourishment of soul is remaining connected to him, of staying put in him. The branch of the vine will not get nourishment with an occasional visit to the stem in the hope that it might bear some vine, some grapes. It needs to stay connected permanently. And this metaphor for the life of the believer is poetic and evocative, but what does it mean? 
What does it mean to abide in Christ so that he will abide in us? First, it means that it has a personal dimension. Each one of us is connected to Christ individually and intimately and by prayer and attentiveness we remain close to Jesus, knowing him and loving him. That is surely the source of the nourishment of soul that produces good fruit, patience, kindness, courage, faithfulness and above all love. Archbishop William Temple, writing in 1940 in the middle of the Second World War, says, Abide in me. All forms of Christian worship, all forms of Christian discipleship have this as their object. Whatever leads to this is good. Whatever hinders this is bad. Whatever does not bear on this is futile. This is the life of the Christian. Abide in me and I in you. All truth and depth of devotion, all effectiveness in service springs from this. It is not a theme for words, but for the deeper apprehension of silence. But this passage, chosen by the monastic community of Grand Champ in Switzerland as the theme for this year's week of prayer for Christian unity, has also an indelibly communal dimension. The vine is composed of many branches, all part of the one vine. And Jesus follows the parable of this vine immediately with the command to his disciples that they love one another. And the first and most Christ-like of the fruit that comes from abiding in Christ is our love for one another. Over the past 500 years, we've moved from persecuting one another to walking together in the pilgrimage towards the unity that Christ calls us to. And the past 100 years could well be described as the ecumenical century, where we've come to recognise one another across all of the traditions as brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow believers, fellow branches of the one vine. But have we begun to discover the depth of loving one another as Christ loves us? It's all very well to tolerate one another's styles of worship, particularly if it's only once a year at the week of Prayer for Christian Unity, Unity Service. And it's fine to take opportunities to pray with one another throughout the year. And it's effective to find ways of serving the most vulnerable in our communities with one another. It helps when we collaborate to run that food bank or that debt counselling centre. And it's fine to acknowledge that that neighbour two doors down the road, a fellow believer, is a Pentecostal, a Catholic or a Baptist or someone from the Orthodox Church and recognise that they too are Christians as we are. But do we love them? Ecumenical organisation can only take our collaboration so far. What takes us into the heart of Christ's prayer and Christ's words to his disciples on the way to the cross this word of abiding in me is to discover how we might truly and deeply love one another. The evangelist John, in his first letter, says, Beloved, since God loved us so much, ought we also to love one another? By this we know we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Here is the sign that we abide in Christ. The sign is that we love one another with a love that is empowered by God's spirit and lays down our preferences and ambitions 
for the sake of the well-being of others, so that they might flourish. Such love motivates Jesus' journey to Gethsemane and beyond, and the strength to persevere all the way to the cross and the tomb. And for him and for us, fervent prayer and the support of others is what gives the strength to cope with the challenges. And here is the goal of the ecumenical journey that the Week of Prayer for Christian Unity gives expression to every year. Even as we learn to abide in our homes and stay put and find that to be the safest place we can be at the moment, so with patient endurance we learn how it is to love one another and to grow in that love until the fruit of Christ is seen in the whole of the church. And all of the rich traditions of the church, they give it its multicoloured and rich variety, come together and as the one church seek to abide in the one Christ who is the true vine. May God grant us this year many opportunities to learn how to love one another and to love our neighbour and to be that voice in our communities which gives expression to the love that God has for all of creation. Amen. Let us declare our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Merciful Father, thank you for the ways in which people have come together in their local communities to help and support one another in this worldwide crisis. We ask you to strengthen and perpetuate this bond of unity. Be with us as we try to be good neighbours in our local community. Merciful Father, you created a world of diversity and of vibrancy. Each one of us is unique and yet made in your likeness. Empower us to respect and love everyone, irrespective of difference of colour, of race, or creed and gender. Help us to find the divine in all we encounter. Merciful Father, we woefully fall short of your command to love one another. We ask for your forgiveness and humbly join our prayer to yours, that we may be one, so that the world may believe and glorify your name. Merciful Father, we pray for all who suffer because of alienation, injustice and oppression, who find life tough and challenging, for the refugees and the homelessness, for those who have been recently lost their jobs, Give us compassion and understanding to stand in solidarity with others to try to build a better world for everyone. The prayer now is the prayer we use every day in our community, in all our houses, and you may like to join in. Lord Jesus, who prayed that we might all be one, we pray to you for the unity of Christians according to your will according to your means. May your Spirit enable us to experience the suffering caused by division, to see our sin and to hope beyond all hope. Amen. And we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory, and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom and the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.
Zeit.